You're listening to Brandon Butter, a straight talking, occasionally in your face, no BS, branding podcast for modern marketers and business owners. Here for those who want to understand the influence and power of branding and how pairing association, consumer behavior, and design thinking can impact what people see, think, and feel. I'm your host, Tara Ladd, the sometimes funny, sometimes vulnerable, and often unapologetically blunt founder and creative director of brand and design agency, your one and only. Hi, hi, how are you? Welcome to this week's episode of Brand and Butter. Interesting topic this week. I want to dive into the power of perception. And for those that don't really understand what I mean by that, it's simply the way that people perceive your brand and the way that they make judgments on your brand. And be that personal, be that business, everyone has a set of expectations and they also make judgments. That whole thing about not judging a book by a cover is fabricated bullshit. We as humans, regardless of that of that saying, will always be judgy. It is just what we do and it's how we make decisions. And it's been proven and backed by science that even when we're hooked up to get our brains monitored, there was a whole test done on it and it just showed people's faces and people made judgment based on jaw structure, based off the way that they looked and all of these things that are so deeply embedded into the way that we think about people and products of our environment and obviously societal messages and expectations. So it is no a no-brainer that people are going to judge based off what they see and hear. Uh, and that's why it's so important as brands to understand direction. So firstly, it's really, I guess, it's crucial that you understand what you want and to get clear on that. As you talk to your audience, they they make these assumptions and they make these judgments on your brand. And that can be the way that you sound, the way that you look, the content you're producing. We've seen it time and time again. You might see an offer that pops up as an ad on your social platforms and you go to the website and it looks pretty shady. And that's a perception that you've made. So we all have individual, I guess, assumptions on what we think about things. But, you know, you have a standard. And if they're not up to your standard, you will then make that judgment. So it's important to understand what your audience want and to know your audience. And this is a constant adaptation. You should be always looking, always reading We've changed so much in the last few years based off the product of our own environments and the way that we make decisions has changed. As we enter different life cycles, that's also important. We make different decisions. We value different things. And while you may understand a specific market maybe five years ago, where we are five years ago or where we are today from five years ago is completely different. So knowing what your audience wants helps you to create that perception so it attracts the right people. So let me talk about this a little bit more. This is where it gets um, pretty in-depth with understanding uh, the role of design 
but also the role of words. And now whenever you hear me talk about stuff, I know everyone thinks that designers talk about design, but I am an, a huge advocate for, for words um, and mainly because I hit a stage in my career early on where I didn't know whether I wanted to be a writer or I wanted to be uh, an art director. And naturally, uh, my skill set in design took me down the role of art direction, but I've always felt a real passion for writing. And that became really evident um, when I started to work in advertising and knowing the role that both designers and writers have. Um, And anyone that knows ads, uh, the ad industry will know that there's creative teams. And for those that don't, any great brand and ad agency will have a creative team. And a lot of the times they will hire that team as a set um, because everyone knows for great campaigns, you need to have that alignment of writing and visuals. So coming back to that, um, when you're talking to an audience even before you can talk to the audience, they've already made an assumption on your brand based off the way that you look. And the stat was something like it takes seven seconds for someone to make a first impression. Seven seconds does not give someone enough time to dive into a whole bio and read all about your story and why you exist. It purely comes from a place of aesthetic and potential like um, hero messaging. Think about the way I use website as an example because it's obviously really common. But if you were to land on a website, the first thing that's in your face, and I will tell everyone that we do websites for, needs to be a strong, impactful lead head- header. Like the hero messaging needs to be front and center. Um, visuals can also be super strong. But in my opinion, if you've got such a short time to make impact, that needs to be a damn powerful image or it needs to be a really strong message this is what we do or this is what we are. They need to then, once you've got that attention, then you can kind of get them to roll on through. The really cool thing is, um, and I don't know if you've heard the saying, most people have, but you know, that you've got a, a memory of a goldfish. It's been proven now that a goldfish has a memory of eight seconds and humans have one of seven. So it's as we evolve as uh, well, as a species, we, we are adapting and transforming and reading information so differently. Uh, and I'll talk about, I want to obviously dive into this because it's important. Like um, if we're talking about boomers and their generation, think about the environment that they, that they came from, right? There was no internet, um, and it still kind of trickles down, but there was no internet and they read like and studied from encyclopedias and read big books and textbooks. And so they are able to sit down and consume large quantity of information the old school way. Um, and that means that they have patience and that all trickles down. You know, look at obviously as we trickle down to the generations, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. You know, Gen Gen X are then moving into that space of, um, you know, they do things quite differently, different types of books, different kind of structures. And then obviously millennials kind of cross over with Gen X and they kind of still dealt with the crossover of um, analog and, um, you know, and digital. So you've kind of got that evolution of now starting to read like short form blog posts. Um, 
we structure our blogs very differently. So, you know, you've got, it's almost written like an essay where you've got intro, body paragraph, body paragraph, and then conclusion, similar to how most people would do a carousel on Instagram or something. And that's because you can read the prompt and decide whether you want to read that. So we're skim reading. And now you go even further into a Gen X market, Gen X, a Gen Z market, and they're watching video. So our memories are um, are different. Our attention and our, uh, um, our attention span is very different. And the way that we consume content is different. Now, Boomers will now say that the younger generation, you can't hold their attention, and that's right, but it doesn't mean that they're not using it. it, it they're, they're just much quicker at processing information, and their brains are wired different. Um, technology has evolved so quickly over the last, God, not even 20 years. So if you think about just the people that kind of are product of, of that environment, obviously there's going to be very different ways that people consume information. You can tell by the way people use social media platforms and what content they're consuming. That's why TikTok is so heavily Gen Z orientated because it's video. Uh, So when we go back to perception, it's pretty much you need to understand your market and then you need to know how to talk to them. And perception comes in through the way that you look as well. So if you've got such a short attention span to capture and attract someone, um, to you know, to, to get them to read more or or invest more time into like reading and engaging with your stuff, you need to attract them. Visuals play massive part here. Uh, you know, think about um, like especially if you're looking at product packaging for in- for instance. It's it's you have something that's very overcomplicated. There's too many words on it, and you know you're not going to sit there and look at it you're just going to go whoa that's like an essay whereas something that's very minimalist hence the trends super minimalist design the headline what it is and on the back or the headline or the product name and then you've got that really clean design it's easier to consume and i've spoken about this before but it's the you know it's the kiss mess method keep it simple and what's well, like I don't want to say keep it simple and stupid, but it's like keep it simple and something. But pretty much make it so easy for people to consume that so there's not too many things going on. Same with the single-minded proposition. Don't go out with an ad or a post or anything with two messages in the place. It needs to be one solid message, one objective. What are you going out to deliver? What do you want back from this? Don't try and cram too many things into the message because then people will be like, whoa, I don't know what they said just then and I need to leave. Three seconds it takes for someone to take a message or decide whether they want to read it, you know. Um, so it's as we kind of evolve, that 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 time just drops and drops and drops. So it, perception is how you want people to see you, how you want people to judge you. And if you're a brand that, you know, um, is trying to attract a younger market, those things need to be in mind. And the same thing is if you're attracting an older market. What imagery are you going to be using? Because we have to understand that also, if you are trying to align to a specific market, you need to showcase things that attract that market. Obviously, no brainer. You're probably sitting there going, no shit. But I'm talking about if you're, let's think about the way craft brands, I always use that, like craft beer brands. I always use that as an example because obviously I'm absolutely in their target market. Um, 
but the way that they very much promote that very cool, uh, independent, um, you want to be kind of seen as that specialty beer, you kind of know more than everyone else. It's not the mainstream beer. It is a special, same with coffee. It's a specialty coffee. You know, it's made for enthusiasts. You want to kind of promote that they're in some kind of special club. Um, And it's a status. So when people are buying from brands, they're not buying from them, you know, purely because they like their product, although that plays a huge part. A lot of it is the association that it has with how they feel and look when they buy that product. You think of all the brands that you've bought personally and how do they shape your identity? The interesting thing now, um, and I was thinking about this the other day, is how much we've changed in our spending behavior because of the looming recession and how that's actually impacted people's identity. And I say that because, you know, pre-pandemic, people were spending on things that they really liked that helped them to shape their, you know, who they were as a person. You walk around with a specific bag brand or a specific shoe brand or whatever it may be, and people make assumptions on that, right, in the street. If you like a specific brand and you see someone else wearing it, you've actually made an unconscious uh, bias on that person purely based on what they're wearing because you probably align. So it's in, in you, in, it's the same as what I've mentioned in a previous podcast. If you see like a goth walking down the street with Doc Martens, you've judged that person. So perception plays a key part in everything. So what people wear and how they align, it, it is deeply embedded into an identity. Now, coming back to what I was talking about with the looming recession is some of these things that people were buying are now out of touch. They can't buy these things or these brands that were actually forming part of their identity. So people are a bit rocky at the moment. Um, I also thought about this in regards to like sustainability products and buying eco products and how we know that they cost more because they're done well. Um, It's always better to spend good money on things that are doing good things, right? That's also a deeply embedded identity thing. However, we come to the values that clash when we're talking about money. Right now, people are so uh, restrictive on the way that they're spending money that they may make a decision that they don't want to be making because they just are limited. So they may buy from uh, a cheaper mainstream brand uh, because it it aligns to what they can do at the moment. And it may not be what they value, but it's what they can only do. So it's almost like we're having some kind of identity crisis. At the same time, it's like, um, you know, it it, it kind of changes the way that we think and it can make us feel bad and there's an element of shame to that. And um, it's it's important to kind of figure out where people are at and understand what is triggering that and, like, who would have thought that? Like, you go, let, let's take a look at an audience and see where they're at right now. And when you start looking at how brands are so highly influenced in society and their status, hence why we're all looking at ways to kind of build a brand reputation – which is a story for another day, these things tie into the way that we carry ourselves as people and as consumers. So a perception is what you want people to think about your brand. It's how you establish connections. It's how you nail associations. And I talk about associations because 
Um, we deliberately align ourselves to things because we want people to feel a certain way because this is where value alignment comes into play. So if I talk about eco brands and sustainability, and if you're very much an environmental person, you will more likely spend money on something that costs more because you know that it does good for the environment. However, when you are speaking to someone that may not have as much passion about that, that's where you have to work on changing a behavior. So you need to educate the market on why they should be choosing to buy eco-sustainable products over what they're doing now because it, it can enable them to change their behavior. Now, this is so much more than just what people think. It's like there is there is so much deep psychological thinking and backed science as to why we make decisions. And all of that trickles into the way that we create our brands, visuals, verbal, especially verbal. What you say and how you say it will essentially craft the way that people make an assumption and how people perceive you. Let that sink in for a little bit. So when you understand your positioning and how you want to, you want to, I guess, come across to your audience or the people that you're trying to attract, this is where the elements of marketing play a part. And if you don't know, go Google your five Ps or seven Ps or whatever the bloody hell they are these days. It's like people, product, place. Um, there's a whole bunch of different ones now. I can't remember. But that's all of those things like come together to form the whole puzzle. So, you know, when you know your people you know your place, you know where you need to be uh, and you know how to price and all of those things um, uh, play part of that, of how people perceive you. The same rule applies. So price is important, right? Because if you go out and you're a super cool brand, but your price point's too low, they're going to make an assumption. They're going to be like, hang on a sec. Why are they so cheap? What's wrong with them? So if there's a specific type of target, you need to understand that socioeconomic status, that that demographic. This is why those buyers, buyer personas kind of come in come into play here. Who are they? Where do they live? What's their income status? What problems are they facing right now? What could be triggering them in terms of like pain points? And how can you alleviate that problem? And how can you speak to these people on a much deeper level that builds an emotional connection so that they buy with emotion? All of these things are can be replicated through the way that you uh, communicate in words, obviously. That's why words are so, so important. Just by the way that you restructure a sentence can completely change an action of a person. Just as the way that you use visuals and colour and fonts to communicate to an audience can completely change the way that people perceive you as well. Now I'm going to go in a couple of episodes, I'll be talking about uh, the psychology around graphics and design and visuals because they are so crucial. In fact, I was sitting at coffee with my gym friends um, on Saturday and we were having this discussion about inclusivity uh, in design and how all of these things play such a huge role and people don't even know that they're making decisions based off these things. And I speak about... Um, you know, you choose certain images to reflect a vibe. You know, if you're going to look at a, a campaign and you like the brand and then they've got that cheesy family stock photo smiling at the camera, 
like image, you've just instantaneously made an assumption about that brand and you're like, um, so all of these things tie in the font choice. You know, it's not just about going on and finding a font that you think looks cool. It's about finding a font that communicates that that perception that you want people to think about you. You know, if you're a serious brand, you're going to use a font that's more conservative. If you're a really out there humorous brand, you're going to find a font that aligns to that as well. And if you're not going to find the visual to align to that, you're going to change the tone of the messaging to align to that. So you might have a very like conservative type font, but it's got elements of it that will help to shape the language and the the personality that comes through in the tone. Um, you know, it might be that the font is less sharp and more rounded and all of these things um, shape the perception of of your brand and your presence and how people see you and it, it, it reflects on your visibility as a brand. So that went a little bit deep and obviously it's not just a discussion that I can have with you in 20 minutes and I will dive into the role of design Um Again, like I said in a couple of episodes, because I think that those need their own episodes. Um, but for now, uh, we're definitely looking at um, an overview. So you, you need to just go and do go back and do a little bit of an audit. And if you're thinking about um, the audience that you're trying to attract, are you visually representing or are you using the words that that those people would be interested in? And if you don't know, go and find someone that fits within that space and ask them what they think. The best type of research is the research with your clientele. And this is why you will, like you see big companies have rebrands. Rebrands are done because they're changing the way they want to be seen. It's all about perception. You change how, this is why, it's meant to be said, like every every brand will go through a restructure or a rebrand within seven years. And if anyone hasn't noticed, I just noticed that Telstra have reverted back to their old blue and orange. Um, They've got rid of the spectrum of colors. Um, I was like, oh, okay. So they've gone back to their nostalgia. And if you haven't realized, nostalgia is such a trend right now. Um, But yeah, it's all about how uh, people perceive you based off of what you do and what you say. So if you're trying to target a new audience, obviously you're going to restructure messaging or you're going to restructure your visuals to align to that because it's all about creating something that you want. Like if you have a shitty looking side hustle brand, that's all you can expect to get from people. You, You are going to attract the audience from what you put out. So this is why when we say it's really important to invest in um, you know, good people to make uh, your vision come to life. This is what we mean. And we're not talking about those early year startups because I think it's really important for those early year startups, if you're there, to do the work first. You know, it's it's in those first two years, it's really just finding your footing, figuring out where you want to sit, what you really like to do, who you think you want to attract, and then nailing that, like, that, that down from a, I guess, from an audience and, and ideal customer perspective. And then once you nail that, then you go, okay, these are our subsets of audiences. This is how we're going to attract them. This is what they like. This is what they what what they want to see. And a perfect brand that's doing this so well is Bonds. They're all about the Gen Z market. They're all about the colors and inclusivity. And I am just so here for it. Um, and you know, a lot of people aren't, and that's fine. But they're challenging the norms, and I'm I think that they're just leaps and bounds above everyone in the industry right now. Um, I'm sure that there may be other brands doing it, but I think from a mainstream level, they're just absolutely nailing it. Anyway, if you liked this episode, please feel free to jump into our DMs uh, 
over on Instagram and your one and only underscore AU uh, and have a chat because we are always open to have a chat with people. Uh, and if you want to talk further about it, like feel free to just get in touch. So I hope that gave you a little bit of information. Um, if you want to know more, just go on Google brand perception. It is pretty cool. It's a really cool topic. I love to talk about it and I could talk about it all day. But for now, I will talk to you next week. Did you like that episode? I hope so. Because if you did, why don't you head over to whatever platform you listen on and rate and review. It's much appreciated and helps others know what we're about. If you want to follow us, you can find us at your one and only underscore au on Instagram or head to www.youwantandonly.com.au.